welcome into I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, the self-proclaimed 43rd best Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want to read? Man, Hey, welcome in to, I guess, the last regular season episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. Whoop, whoop. Uh, yep. I'm Jason Tiffin, along with Tom Sims. Tom, how's it going? Yeah, it's going great, buddy. That's me, Tom Sims. I'm on the other line. And I'm not in Mexico. Yeah, and you sound better. I, I got no less than three texts last week said, dude, your podcast partner was sauced. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're not telling me anything I don't know. Uh, which I thought the show went swimmingly. Uh, it, it was great to hear you in that state of mind. But uh, I guess this is. It kind of wraps us up. You know, we got a late start. We're in episode 14 of season two. I figure we'll do this week. And do we have to do? I guess we got to do next week as well because yeah, we'll be we'll be one we'll be less than uh we'll be this week, next week, and the following and the week. next week. And the following week after that to wrap up the championship yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And it then is. we're going solidly into basketball season. I don't I'm, care what you say. I'm glad you brought that up. First <laughs> off, let me. Uh, that's my commentary tonight is Alabama basketball. Oh, wow. Uh, but first off, um, it is weird. It is weird the championship game's ending, and uh, and we're less than two weeks away. We, well, I guess we were exactly two weeks away from the championship, you know, the semifinals uh, Saturday, weren't we? New Year's uh, Day is on a Friday or Saturday? Uh, New Year's Day is going to be on a Friday. Christmas okay. on a Friday, New Year's on a Friday. All right, so, yeah, so we were 13 days away. I like it. I, I really do. I like that we don't have the huge break. And, uh, and I think this opens up, which is this could be another whole other commentary, but the fact that we played December 12th and December the 19th, to me it opens up easy expansion for the playoffs. And if you've never heard, I don't know if we've done it on the podcast or not, but Tom has the best idea for a playoff. It is 11 teams. I'll leave it at that because I, I want to I tease it because when I say 11 teams, you're probably thinking that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's either 8 or 16. Trust me, it's 11. 11 is the sweet spot. And Tom, I'll let you do the commentary on that when you, during the offseason or something. But let's jump into the commentary. Uh, Tom, about three weeks ago, basketball's kicking off. He calls me. I'll tell you when it was, is right before the Iron Bowl, because I thought he was calling me to tell me he had tickets, which was not. It was a much better call, one that involved <laughs> us losing money. He said, hey, man, I think I think Bama basketball is going to be – I think we're going to be pretty good this year, and I don't believe Vegas uh, – you know, yeah, we're smarter than Vegas. That was the first mistake. I don't think Vegas is going to be able to catch up with us for a while. Well, it took four games, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so – and it got me to think I was so mad. We actually – we beat – Wofford or somebody last week, but we were down. We we took we've been betting a hundred dollars each game, and we were favored by eight. We're down ten points at half or something stupid. And I'm yeah, we won the game, but we didn't come close to cover one by three. Oh, and we I, did come close. Yeah, no, that's two and a half buckets, buddy. And uh, <laughs> so I told Tom, I'm like, look, you can keep up this charade. I'll be glad to put the bets in for you, but I'm done betting basketball. And it got me to thinking, Bama basketball, we're Auburn football. That, that's what it is. We're always going to be better next year. When we get a new coach, boy, he's just a missing piece. Man, we've got him now. And I do think Oates is a good coach. 
But we're still, we're losing these games. We always have some inexplicable losses, normally at home, to, like we lost to Western Kentucky Saturday. I think it was Friday or Saturday. I mean, I know they're in the state of Kentucky, and I have always said, to me, for Bama basketball, you go to Kentucky and you find you find the kid that is, uh, he's not good enough to play at Kentucky or Louisville, and you offer that kid. You know, he's maybe he's got an offer to Creighton and an offer to Western Kentucky and maybe an offer to, I wouldn't even say Illinois. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a team, like maybe Cincinnati, which I, Cincinnati would be considered better in basketball than, than Alabama. But we're at Power Five. And I think you go offer that kid because I, I think it's just the opposite in football. I think the average kid in Alabama is better at football than the average kid in Kentucky and vice versa. I think the average kid in Kentucky is better at basketball than the average kid in Alabama. And uh, we, I guess we saw it. I don't. I didn't look at Western Kentucky's roster. For all I know, I look and they're all from California. But, you know, we're, we're always – we'll be on the bubble the rest of the year and it'll come tournament time and we'll be – you know, 20 and 10 or, you know, 20 games used to be the sweet spot, man. You hit 20 wins, you were in. Because you didn't play but, what, 26 to 28 games, I guess, maybe 30. Mm. And uh, now 20 wins, uh, you might make the NIT. But, we'll, you know, it'll be early March. We'll go into the SEC tournament, and we'll have to win that first game, and we'll really need to win that second game to make the tournament. We won't do it. And that's why I cannot get emotionally invested in our in our basketball team. Um I wish I could, but I put all my energies into football, and it's gonna it's gonna remain that way. It's just so frustrating to see what used to be a very proud basketball team. I remember growing up with Wimp Sanderson, the Sweet Sixteen was a given. I mean, we were making the Sweet Sixteen, and then it was can we crack that glass ceiling to the Elite Eight? We never did under Wimp, and we actually did under Gottfried. But now it's just we can't even make the tournament, and it's so frustrating. And uh, my hat's off to all the – I'm a fog. I have said uh, all along I'm a fog. That is a football-only gump. And, um, I mean, if you if, if we could win one national title in football the rest of my life and the rest of Alabama sports cease to exist, uh, I'd take it. Where and, and I know people would be like, you're crazy, you're crazy. Well, that, that's me, dude. I, I enjoy football. But um, – you know, so don't get your hopes up for the podcast. I'm not charging, you're charging. Because if it's done, <laughs> it'll be a solo operation. <laughs> He'll be there, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> I tell you what, I've, uh, <clears throat> I'm disappointed so far in the basketball season uh, for, for obvious reasons, particularly because we're only five and three and our three losses have been against probably – well, no ranked teams, but maybe only one tournament team. Maybe, maybe Couldn't two. Tell you. Couldn't maybe. tell you. Yeah, but for some reason, they're just not shooting well right now. And I know this is not the reason that you uh, did this commentary. You want me to comment on you were throwing basketball into the closet and wait till next football season? But that's not where I'm going with this. <laughs> I think they're still a pretty good. They're talented. They have a lot of. A, athletes on there they have a lot of talent on there but for some unknown reason so far they're not shooting it well and when you don't shoot it well with Nate Oates's style of offense you're not going to do well because you're you're either shooting threes or you're shooting in the paint and layups and that's I mean that's his style and I love it worked actually fairly well last year in his first season but uh so far 
they're they're just not knocking down the three balls. I mean, we we were a pretty high percentage team last year, and I think we're we're a good ten percentage points lower. I hadn't checked the stats because I didn't know that this is what you're going to talk about, but we've got to be ten to fifteen percent lower in, in three balls. But nonetheless, we'll get there. And between now and and uh, the uh, national championship game. Let's knock on wood that Bama's in it. I don't know if that's a saying or not. Can you knock on wood to hope somebody's in it? You can put a chip in your purse. I know that. Oh, yeah. So chip in a purse on that. Between now and then, uh, I will will get uh, Tiffin on board for this podcast because I know our tens and tens of listeners are looking forward (laughs) to go uh, (laughs) – looking forward to some basketball commentary. It may not be weekly, but we'll, we'll have something cooked up. By uh, annually, maybe. And all that said, and my ra- my railing on Bama uh, basketball, if we make the Final Four, I will I'll be the first to grab a shirt. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but let's uh, let's break into why we uh, why you tune into this podcast. Besides our spectacular betting picks, uh, is to talk football. And we're gonna tonight. You know, the winners and losers. That's that's the thing of the past as far as this season goes, because the season's over. So we're just gonna break down the title games and. So the winners and losers will be uh, pretty much in there together. And, of course, we're going to look at Bama, Florida first off. I mean, that is 2020 football at its best. Uh, there were two rec- at least two records I know of broken. Well, actually three now that I say it. <clears throat> but the passing record uh, was held by Danny Werfel, 401 yards in the 1996 uh, SEC championship game. Florida won that one 45-30. to 30. And uh, – it was broken twice. It was broken by both quarterbacks. And that's just where we are as 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 a college football entity. You know, the rules favor the offense. The the people the the powers that be know that people want to see offense. They don't want to see the, the twenty one to fourteen to twenty four to seventeen games and and that's what you get. So Mac and thank goodness we sacked Trask because he had that garbage possession. He had one play left and uh, he was at 408. Uh, Mac was at 418. So, you know, if he chunks one, if he gets a ball off and it goes over 10 yards, he's going to be the record holder. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how long that, that record stands, 418 yards passing. I'm going to say it won't stand, uh, what, 96 to uh, – it, st- it stood for 24 years. I'm going to say it won't stand for 24 years. Somebody's going to crack 500 yards in that game. But, uh, you know, we won by six, but I never – I never felt that we were going to lose that game. Uh, our stars shined. You know, Najee, my gosh, I mean, how good is he? Any other year, he is in the top three in Heisman voting, but he's not even mentioned right now. You know, if he doesn't win the Dope Walker, it's just a travesty. Uh, Mac, five touchdown passes. Najee, 178 yards, five touchdowns. Three of those were receiving. Smitty did nothing to hurt his uh, Heisman uh, chances. 184 yards, two touchdowns. Will Anderson, two sacks. He is a freshman. I was uh, irritated because of a lot of Bama fans on the chit-chat boards like, oh, he's the next DT, he's the next DT. He got his first sack in game seven this year. We just finished up with game 11, and he leads the conference in sacks. Didn't get his first sack till game seven, and he's just been on a tear. He got two Friday night, or Saturday night, I'm sorry. And it just shows you how good, man. He he is so good. But uh, I'll let you give your thoughts on Bama, Florida, before we move on to the other two main title games. 
Yeah, he's so good, he might have got two more Saturday, Friday night as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a different kind. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I was exactly like you, you know. Uh, I Now, don't get me wrong, I was worried in the last five minutes of the game, but the game never seemed to be in danger until very late. Of course, I mean, that is reflected by the score, but... You're up 18 at half. You're comfortable. We had a... And I don't want to say it's a lull. I mean, you can't expect to score on every possession. We do. We, we, you're not supposed to. We do expect it. You're not supposed to expect it. And sometimes we do score on every possession, and it increases the expectations. But I'm going in a circular reference here. Nonetheless, it was uh, the third quarter when we didn't score on only two possessions. I think we only had the ball twice in the third quarter. You know, and, and that's a that's a low amount of times to have the ball in any quarter. Uh, but we didn't score. We, we drove the ball. I think we turned it over on downs and on, on uh, one time. And the other time we were, we were in Florida territory and ended up punting. And even though both of those drives were, were inside Florida territory, we come up empty twice, and that was the difference in making that a uh, sort of a nail-biter at the end and 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 maintaining a 14- to 20-point lead the whole time. I saw there was a couple of interesting things that I <clears throat> just wanted to bring up. One, Alabama scored a touchdown on every drive of the first half. That was... That was uh, impressive. It's no demoralizing for the other team, you know. It is, and, and which contributed to a, a big 18-point uh, lead. And that was that was Mullen's fault, one of those. It, we, we should have only been up uh, 11 if Mullen takes a little time with the clock there with two minutes to go. But he did his little hurry-up thing and went ahead and put, you know, punched it in with a minute five, and we just marched it right down the field. Four years ago, Saban's taking a knee there or running yeah, it up the yeah. middle. But uh, but with this offense, he went ahead a minute five. Yeah, let's crank it up, and, and it paid off. And, that you know, that was big. Now, here I have a question for you. Florida – all right, so I'll, I was going to ask this one way. Now I'm going to change my mind and ask it a different way. How many times did Florida have the ball on Saturday with a chance to take the lead? Uh, I saw it, I saw it today on a, one of the chit chat boards. I think they only had it like twenty five seconds where they could have taken tied or taken the lead. Oh, so you've already seen this? I didn't even know it was on the chit chat board. I thought I was making it up. I thought it was fresh. It wasn't. It wasn't very often. I, I mean, it wasn't frequent at all. I, I, I get your point. You know. Can Can you name the the times? Uh, I think when uh, when Trask fumbled, they were, were they within four, and we pushed it to seven, or were we are we seven and pushed it to ten, and then of course the last play, you know, they could they were down six, and uh, we got the sack to end of the game. But I that was that's just a wild guess. But Tom, the second half, like a lot of games this year, have become very blurry. <laughs> well, lucky for you, one of them was in the first half, and one of them was in the second. In the second half, obviously the last play of the game where they had the ball had the ball with a chance to actually win the game because I thought that was actually a really good call by Mullen 
uh, to go for two down by 14. Particularly when you're up against a superior team, you need some stuff and you got them on their heels. It's a great call and you're still not out of it because you can go for two and tie it yeah. on your second possession. I thought that was a wonderful call. I really did. The timeout before he took it was awful. Brutal. Killed he, he, it. Killed yeah. him. It did. It crushed them. Uh, but but nonetheless, that's the one time they had it. The second time they had it with a chance to take the lead was when the guy was running down the field with the interception <laughs> in his hand, and he had it for about three seconds. And then it got promptly, promptly uh, decleated by Mechie, and, uh, and then we got the ball back and scored immediately. So those those are the only two times they ha- actually had the ball. One of them didn't last a whole play, and the other one only lasted long enough for us to sack him. So y- you've got to feel pretty comfortable that you uh, that you controlled the game. I guess is, is what I'm saying, even though it was a really close one. All right, can I interrupt right here? The the music you're hearing in the background, that's from Tom's house, not my own. So just before you get uh, irritated, my, all of our uh, dozens and dozens of listeners. <laughs> that's on Tom's end. Hey, we're very festive over here at the Sims house. I don't know if you've realized it or not, Mr. Scrooge, but we're upcoming Christmas uh, here in just a few days. So yeah, and, <laughs> we have so. the neighbors over looking at the Bethlehem Star this evening. We had a nice charcuterie play. We had a couple of beverages. And now one of my neighbors, Jimmy, is downstairs killing it on the piano. He kills it. <laughs> So, I thought you had it on Holly on a you know the that's the, no no sir, the that's not station. that's not on a station that is live and in charge that's nice in your face it is all right let's segue into the last two games that anybody cared about really Clemson Notre Dame and Ohio State versus Purple Vandy uh, Clemson Notre Dame oh baby the Notre Dame that we have all grown to love showed up we felt like they would show up and they did overmatched as always in a big game you know you got to remember when notre dame beat clemson at notre dame ever you know the first thing everybody remembers is well you know they were without trevor lawrence and that's true they were without trevor lawrence but that game went to double ot triple ot i don't even remember it went to overtime i know i mean if you can't beat I, i would hope that bama i would hope any team in the country that was starting their backup quarterback that if they came into Bryant Denny in a in a uh, regular season game, I'd like to think that we could handle them without uh, requiring overtime. And maybe we couldn't, but uh, they they did not play well at all against Clemson. I'm elated that we got them in the first round. I think Alabama fans are. Um, you know, Clemson clicking on O man, they look good. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence, the boy, the media is trying to carry him across that Heisman finish line. They're doing all they can. And uh, thank goodness Topher let me get a bet in at fifty dollar bet at sixteen to one. So if uh, if Trevor does win it, uh, you know I'm, I get a little paycheck from from Topher. But uh, they, I still think Clemson's defense lacks. You know you got to think, and this I, I'm a little nervous to play Clemson. If if we make it, if we both make it to the finals and we're both favored, you know Bama's heavily favored and Clemson's a touchdown favorite to make the to make the title game. You know, two years ago, they just ran us out of Santa Clara. And, yeah, I have nightmares on that. I mean, that was just – we had no answer for them. But I think they had – their defensive line, I think they had three first-rounders and maybe a second-rounder or third-rounder. They don't have those guys this year. I'm not saying they're bad on defense. 
I'm just saying they don't have four first rounders or three first rounders on the line of scrimmage, and that should make a difference. So, uh, but you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But Clemson Notre Dame, um, the expected outcome, and uh, Ohio State Purple Vandy. Ohio State is. Uh, I guess they're deserving to be in the college football playoff just based on the talent. Everybody knows they got the talent on the team. But, man, they have not put it together. They have played two teams that are, you know, worth a crap. And one of them was Northwestern this weekend, and the other one's Indiana. They won those games by 7 and 12, respectively. And, the, the you know, ESPN's big – or the CFP is big on game control. They didn't lead Purple Vandy till the second half. And, you know, Northwestern, uh, shout out to o- – Ohio State's defense, they played really well in the second half. And, man, Trey Sermon, the running back, he had over 300 yards. And I was listening to a radio show yesterday. They're like, he had 300 yards. Nobody cared (laughs) because, you know, the Clemson game took precedence. And then, of course, Bama, Florida took precedence with the ending that we had. So, um, I don't know. I guess that's all I have. Uh, I'm glad that that Ohio State, I mean, I think it's a two-team race, uh, you know, for the playoffs. I think it's Bama-Clemson. So, uh, I'm I'm glad we don't have to play Ohio State. They do have the talent to put it together. I'm not convinced Notre Dame can beat us. But we'll talk about that in the next section. Mm, I'll let you close us out on the the breakdown of the title games. Yeah. um, I never never heard of a a sermon before Saturday. Now, I watched – most all of that game and he was impressive uh but again he was impressive against northwestern yeah and i don't know there's a lot of unknowns in the big 10 there's there's a lot and and it's not i'm not disparaging one team or one player or one not but they've only played six games Northwestern, how many? I bet you look over the last 20 years and see that Northwestern started three and one, five and one, maybe multiple times and ended up five and six or ended up, you know, seven and four. Uh, same with Indiana. I mean, oh, we're on fire, but we've beaten Minnesota, Illinois. Northwestern, whatever the case is, and then they backload their schedule, and all of a sudden they end up with five losses. And so I don't know that whatever's happening in the Big Ten is representative of how good the teams are. And I still don't know. I mean, if your if your biggest wins are Indiana and Northwestern, I just, I don't. And not only those are your biggest wins, but like you said. They've beat them by an average of less than ten points a game. So you're telling me in a in a, in a full twelve game season that it's Ohio State, Indiana, and Northwestern are your three best teams in the Big Ten. And not only are they the three best teams, they are so close together that you can't hardly differentiate between them. Seven points one way. That's a one possession game, basically mm-hmm. all three of them round robin. So, yeah, I mean, there's a win there, and you're right that there's a huge, there's a huge discrepancy, way, way, way bigger in the Big Ten between Ohio State's dudes and the second place dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think by far Ohio State has the best dudes. I mean, way up there, 
And then the second best dudes probably, probably belong to Michigan. And, and, and they're on the verge of two losing seasons in a row, right? Yeah. Uh, I say on the verge, hell, they're done. They're, you know, but that's your second place team in the SEC. Oh, there's a that gap is way closer between Alabama and Georgia and Florida, way closer, and mm-hmm. even A and M. Yeah, uh, those four teams right there, as far as recruiting and getting players on your campus, they're really close. But there's a huge gap between Ohio State and the rest of that league. Ohio State drafts. Five stars and four stars. Their their pick board, their recruiting board looks almost identical to Alabama's every year. Just one player or two here or there swings that from one to two to three. But they're in the top three. The second place team in the Big Ten probably is at 15. Yeah. You know, every year you look at Alabama and Alabama's one, but then you've got – sorry, that was my snooze – going off uh you got alabama one but then georgia's at two or three and florida's in the top five and i mean you know lsu's up there in the top five or six and so those gaps are so much closer so i agree with you that ohio state has the dudes but are they really a team to be reckoned with you know, Justin Fields has not looked very good uh, in the two games that he has played. That's or the, well this year and then last year. I think he did okay last year against Clemson. I had forgotten. Uh, we, uh, Nolan Turner, uh, Kevin Turner's son, who will miss the first half due to targeting of the semifinal game. He intercepted Fields in the end zone last year when uh, it was a six-point game. So that you know that won on the game. But man, Fields did not look good against Indiana through three picks. He didn't look overly good against Northwestern this weekend. And we're gonna segue into the re- our reaction to the CFP. So two teams in the CFP that we're talking about that that people are like, do they belong due to number of games played, or do they belong because you know we've seen them get blown out and they just got blown out by Clemson, Notre Dame. And Ohio State and their quality wins. The 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 game that got them in uh, over Texas A&M. I'm talking about Notre Dame here. They said they beat North Carolina and that was a quality win. And then uh, Ohio State's quality win was Indiana. Dude, that's two basketball schools. Imagine Bama getting in at number four and them saying, "Oh, well, well Bama beat Kentucky this year." I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, with that. Uh, segue into the CFP. I got you leading on this, so lay it on us. So, CFP, I mean, obviously one and two was was easy. Alabama-Clemson, very easy. It got really hairy, particularly in public's uh, eye after that, in my eye after that. I thought that Ohio State was getting in. I... I I had no doubt they were getting in. Do I think they should be in? I don't think they should be in based on what I just ran it on there with uh, with their with their six game schedule and, and the separation they have in recruiting, but is not showing up on the field. So that's that was my big thing. And then the fourth spot, I would have never put Notre Dame. I was watching the game with some some of my neighbors here uh, over the weekend. And I was telling them, I said, if Notre Dame loses this game by more than 21, they're out. I just, I just felt like they were. I thought that the 
last Notre Dame drive, I thought it was critical mm-hmm. to their chance of getting in the playoffs. And I was telling them that. They were down 34-10. to 10. I said, they need to do everything they can to get this ball in the end zone. I said, if they lose by 17, that doesn't, on the eyeball test, maybe look as bad as getting beat by in the 20s. I thought they needed to do everything. And they didn't. I think they even run the ball once and then end up punting on fourth down. I was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> you know, what mm-hmm. are you doing? Uh, but apparently they had a, a fly in the, in the room in there with the committee and 24-point loss in the final game of the season where they say you're always supposed to be playing your best ball. No problem. Stick them in there. Looks like looks good to me. <laughs> I mean, you know, this team just got crushed by one of the other playoff contenders. Well, how do we think that it is? Is that one of the four best teams in the nation? Yeah, I think so. I just seen them got blown out by Clemson. Who else? I mean, that's just yeah, just just weird to me. I would have put A and M in there. Uh, I definitely would have put A and M in there. It, my vote would have went there. I don't think. Uh, I'm not a proponent of giving everybody a trophy. Cincinnati, you've heard me say this, and you've mentioned it in my playoff thing. Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, BYU, Boise, whatever. Go get your own league together. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just – that's where you belong. Um, I did see a couple of (laughs) – I did see a couple of interesting things, and you may have noticed this today. The coaches poll come out today. Uh, as it normally does, but today in the last uh, after the last regular season game, they they publish the uh, coaches' votes. Actually, how they voted, they only do it once a year, and it's at the final poll. But they they publish how all the uh, coaches voted uh, compared to all the teams. Two interesting things, and everybody's heard this one. Dabo voted Ohio State number eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I disagree with it. Dabo rants and whines and that sort of thing. But but I, I kind of agree with him with, uh, you know, as far as the number of games played and that sort of thing. But I think Dabo got confused and thought the coach's poll was still part of the BCS system when he put them <laughs> at 11, thinking that he was going to put them far enough back where maybe his little percentage point would keep Notre Dame out or A&M out. I don't, that's the only thing I can think of because – Whose bulletin board material is that going to be? I mean, <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, I mean, this is a coach that not only didn't think you should be in, but voted you behind ten other teams. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was one interesting one. The second interesting one comes out of the plains. Did you see that one at all? I saw Gus Malzahn voted his team seventeenth. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was and and when I saw that I almost spit up my orange juice if I was drinking orange juice. Uh <laughs> but I'll quickly glance down the rest of the ballots. Yeah, they had the only vote. <laughs> <laughs> he voted his team seventeenth in the country and none of the other eighty coaches or ever how many of them in there had them in the top twenty five. Uh so <laughs> it was yeah, I don't I don't get it. Maybe that I, was maybe that was in his con his buyout was you gotta vote us in the top twenty. I was just fixing to ask if the if he voted before or after he was fired. I wish <laughs> I knew the answer to that. So Nonetheless, but yeah, that's uh, everything else fell into place. Uh, I, 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 I like our first round matchup, of course. I mean, 
What's not to like? We're favored by 19. Uh, I don't mind if we don't cover. Uh, I, survive in advance, just like we did. We're, we're at the point in the season that survive in the pant, advance. No, uh, no style points are necessary. Do it, and and as far as that's concerned, I want to rewind this a second. Did you not get the feeling on Saturday that Saban had a deep, deep discussion with Sarkeesian there on the sideline on that last drive on third down, and I think. Saban overrode what Sarkeesian wanted to do. I was just reading body language on the sideline. I think Sarkeesian wanted to throw that ball on third down. Yeah. And I think Saban went in there and said, no, we're going to run it. We know we're not going to get it, uh, but we're going to leave them 16 seconds or whatever it it did with the head. Now, I I will tell you this. I was nervous as a, a cat in a room full of beers because we had to put our punter on the field. Uh, and and our punting has not been stellar. And I know I've rewind this back, back to the Bama-Florida game, but I just thought about it. Uh, I was nervous. A 20-yard shank there that would have given them an extra six seconds and, and great field position would have been very nerve-wracking. But that he probably made his best punt of the year yeah. in, the, in the most critical time. So props to him on that. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned BCS. Everybody's wanting, you know, playoff expansion, playoff expansion. Well, I mean, why? We're favored. It's, there's four teams. And we're, there's, does anybody – would anybody argue with Bama 1, Clemson 2 right now? Would Ohio State – would anybody come to Ohio State's – uh, side if it if we were still in the BCS and Ohio State was three and Ohio State would be whining, would anybody take their side this year after playing six games? So, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to put Coastal Carolina in at the eighth seed and Bama be favored by 34. I mean, people are already complaining because it's, it's non-competitive. And so, I mean, the BCS would have been perfectly fine this year. You know, we would be we would have one less game to play and uh and it would still be we would still get probably what we're gonna get you know in bama clemson in the finals uh you know we get dallas which has a lot of benefits um kick time number of fans allowed in the stadium is more than uh than the uh, sugar bowl it's a better venue you know heck the sugar bowl superdome is what built in the 70s i guess and uh, and no bourbon street so i know saban's uh you know, excited about that because there's always a chance you can get in trouble. And I don't think, you know, usually your semifinals, there it's a, it's an actual bowl game. They have the festivities for you. You go down and you have a, you know, you get to enjoy a bowl atmosphere because that's what um that's that's the the best part of the bowl game. If you know if you're not in the playoffs, is you get the free stuff and you get you know if you you get a trip to Florida or whatever, you know, Citrus Bowl, Outback Bowl, and you have a you know all the food you can eat. You have nights where you get together with other team and do you know silly games and and uh, yes I don't think it's going to be that way I, I would guess we're going to fly in on uh, the thirtieth at the at the earliest and I, yeah I figure the thirtieth and then we'll have the thirty first play on the first I don't know I might be wrong on that but uh, I was glad we got because we get an earlier kick time you know the Rose Bowl always gets that prime time kick that they want that uh, five Eastern four Eastern whatever. And um, which would suck if we were in L.A. because then you got to fly back. But I mean, that's sweet. We, we'll, you know, we'll be back in Tuscaloosa before the uh, the the Sugar Bowl is over. And um, 
Yeah, I had I had written down about Dabo voting Ohio State eleventh, so we'll skip over that. But you know, I guess the concern for Bama Clemson we're we're heavy favorites. Both teams are, are well, Bama's very heavy. Clemson's seven and a half. You know, for the next ten days, Ohio State and Notre Dame are going to hear that that they don't belong. You know, Notre Dame's going to hear about Clemson two years ago. They're going to hear about Bama twenty twelve. Ohio State, man, Dabo has had Ohio State's number. You know, he has smoked their butts a couple of times, and then he votes them eleven. I mean, he's he's not scared of them at all. <laughs> so it's it's no. great, it's great. But uh, that kind of gives you a little preview of what we got to expect in the CFP. Uh, wrapping up twenty twenty regular season and Heisman predictions, uh, pretty short and sweet here. You know, we, and I'm going to tie a Texas A&M into this as well. But Bama eleven and zero SEC champs. That's where you. I think Tiffin unplugged his machine. He's out. So, believe it or not, guys, technical difficulties abound. We've got to get better at this. And I'm not sure it's uh, entirely in our hands. We've had some internet issues tonight. Tiffin. In his last statement there, uh, made the point that Dabo is not scared of Ohio State, and that could never be more apparent, and I agree with him 100%. What you missed over the last 10 minutes, yes, it was a lot, uh, 10 minutes worth that we lost to La La Land, was uh, our commentary of the Heisman Trophy uh, predictions in the wrap-up, and you know, we we made the point that Mac, Devante, and Najee all had opportunities this week to bolster their position in the Heisman race. And you would expect that, hey, maybe one of them would get there. Maybe one or two of them would, would have a great day. You would expect Mac and Devante or either Najee and Mac to have a... Uh, a regular day or, or, you know, a regular day for him is stellar. But nonetheless, each one of them had unbelievable days. And the hardest game of the year and the championship game of the year against your toughest opponent of the year, all three of them shows up. Mac throws for an SEC record number of yards, just like uh, Tiffin was living to earlier. Um, Devante had 15 catches. 15. It takes some cats four games to get 15 catches. And they're the leader on their team in receptions. Devontae had 15 catches in the game. 180-something yards. couple touchdowns. He had the critical fumble recovery when Mechie deheaded a guy. You know. Uh, and that doesn't make the stat line. And then Najee. What does Najee do? Hachi has five touchdowns. It's an SEC record. Three of them receiving. He's a running back. He had three receiving touchdowns. Uh, just an unbelievable showing by all three of them. Unbelievable. And what else is unbelievable is when I was talking to Tiffin a while ago, he suggests that Devontae will finish one and Trevor Lawrence will finish two. I don't know where he pulled that one out. Um... I agree with him. 
Devontae one. I think Matt gets two. And we'll find out this Thursday. Najee's not going to be in the top two, but Najee is very deserving of being in New York. Well, virtual New York. I think it's all online this year. Uh, but we'll, we'll find out. I think it's this Thursday, the 24th. They will announce who the finalists are. I think all three of them are deserving. I think all three of them get there. Mac, Devontae, Najee, all three of them will be in the Heisman finalist, and Devontae brings home the trophy, which is awesome. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out, but right now that's what that's where my money's at. When we move into... Our recap of last week, if you remember, Tiffin got disconnected. I don't know how. We were in Mexico just to try to bolster our service line, but he still got disconnected. He went a cool 0-3. He took Bama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame all three last week in championship week. And honestly, I had thrown too many pesos uh, to the Amigos, and I do not remember who I had. I'm I'm sure it was undefeated, whatever it was. I'm sure I killed it. Um, So that that was a recap, but, uh, but for this upcoming CFP, we have about a a 10-day a lag from today until when the uh, uh, January 1 uh, bowl games, uh, playoff games start. So we're going to make this our last podcast until after the January 1 games. We'll pick right up after that. So Tiffin takes Notre Dame plus the points, and Clemson minus the points, and I'm I'm in an exact uh, step with him there. I like both of those games. I think Alabama 19.5 is plenty of cushion to win and not cover. That's just a lot, and I think a lot of that line value is coming not necessarily from Bama's performance but Notre Dame's, and Clemson's a good team. And Clemson's got a stellar defense. They have uh, a lot of tools at their disposal. They were all on full display this past weekend. Notre Dame was never in that game. They were beaten on all facets of that game. And Alabama's going to have a similar setup, as you can see from the Vegas line of 19.5. But that's a lot in a playoff game. Notre Dame will regroup. Uh, Alabama may be overlooking them a little bit just because of uh, what Clemson just did to them. It would have probably been better if Notre Dame would have become coming into this game on a winning note. But uh, there should be plenty of line there, cushion for Alabama to come out with, you know, a 31 to 17 win. Uh, I say 31. Who am I kidding? They've scored 35 straight in every game they've been playing. 41. Now I'm rethinking. Notre Dame's not scoring 30 in that game. All right. I'm changing mine. I'm going back with Alabama. (laughs) Alabama covers the 19 and a half. (laughs) 
I don't see Notre Dame getting into a shootout, although they did with Clemson in the first time around. But uh, I don't see Notre Dame being able to score just like Florida did. I just looked at that line initially and said 19 and a half is a big playoff number. I don't know that there's ever been a playoff number that big. I didn't research it. I don't remember the last number that's that big. It had to be either Alabama or Clemson that would have had a favorite that big. I remember Alabama was a pretty sizable favorite over Michigan State the one year and Washington uh, the one year. Clemson, mm, I don't remember who they've been a huge mismatch over as far as uh, Vegas was concerned. So this is this may be the biggest playoff line ever. Uh, but we both agree on Clemson covering the seven and a half versus Ohio State. This one, you know, we talked about it a little earlier. I just don't know how good Ohio State is. And Tiffin mentioned it earlier about Fields throwing four or five interceptions in, in the two games, if you want to say were against their best competition in Indiana and Northwestern. I f- hate to see how he's going to fare against Clemson if he plays the same way. I think Ohio State, to make this game competitive, will have to play tremendously better than they already have. Tremendously better. 6-0 is not, it's not, hey, we have done everything and we're something to be reckoned with. I think there's a lot of question marks there, and they're going to have to overcome them. So... I like Clemson in this game. I like Clemson big in this game. Uh, I probably like Clemson big last week against Notre Dame. If I went back and looked at the podcast, but I didn't, so I, <laughs> I'm just I'm just guessing that the uh, uh, the the Mexican pick last week went my way. So there you have it. That's our recap. That's our projections for the cfp i hope we're uh in lockstep there alabama we've done what we had to do to this point 11-0 in the playoffs survive in advance here we go i'll take two one point victories back to back if we can get them so uh rtr guys and i'm sure if tiffin was here he'd have something to say about Northwestern getting to Auburn or wherever they're playing to Florida and avoiding the the cow poop and however else that goes down. But I'll just say take it easy, guys.